In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grebmeyer and pause for just a moment. Like, what is your definition of success? Each and every guest get asked that one question. And you know what's so crazy is everybody's guest is so different. But today's guest, I've known this person pretty much since I was brought into the world. We grew up in the same town in Santa Cruz, California. Monica Karst is the founder of Discover Her, a platform to celebrate, promote women entrepreneurs. Monica provides accountability, strategy, and support to give your brand the best chance to be loved. And you know, Monica, before we get started... I get asked all the time, how come you don't feature more women? I said, I'm always in the search of dynamic, just powerful women. And I'm so glad you had to come today and breathe life into just the powerful women entrepreneurs. And so welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on, Tony. And I am honored to represent the female population for you. I like it. All right. Especially coming from your hometown, Santa Cruz. West side. Let's see. First question, your definition of success. So I thought about this for the last week when I knew I was going to be on your show. And I kept thinking over and over, I bet you he's going to ask me what my definition of success is. So I started to think about that. And it always comes around to success is different for every human being. We all have different levels of success. So what does success mean to me? It means having what you want and wanting what you have. And what that means to me is success. I feel like I have arrived. I am so happy and content where I'm at, but I will also get what I desire. Therefore, I'm sitting here in my new car (laughs) because I wanted one. So I figured out how to make it happen. So success is not a dollar amount. It's not a business. It is how you feel. So it is a feeling within I like it. Every answer is so cool. I am going to work on putting a compilation together. So all the guests just shout out their thing and it goes, boom, 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 because what it is, is exactly what you said it was. So different for each and every person, right? Like my definition of success is probably going to be very different than like my kids and their definition is going to be completely different than what their kids Hopefully we have grandkids one of these days, but not too soon. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) But we get to know, right? Like everybody has their own definition. So thank you so much. I I mentioned a little bit in the intro that you're from Santa Cruz. Were you born in Santa Cruz? Yes, I was born in Santa Cruz. All right. So let's let's (laughs) talk. I'm sitting here looking at the ocean. Let's talk about your upbringing in Santa Cruz. Well, back in the 70s, don't tell my age. But back in the 70s, Santa Cruz, born on the west side, we have Wrigley. So back, I don't know if you remember, there was open field. We got to do whatever we wanted. We came home when the lights went on at night. We had the neighborhood mom who knew how to whistle. She'd whistle. We'd all come riding on our bikes from Derby Park. We had Wrigley's garbage cans, which threw out gum. And we got to go get the bags of gum. So you know, you remember the Harmony Foods. 
which had the bundles of all kinds of crazy teas and sauces. We had the flower shop over here, which we'd go and get cut off flowers, the flowers that broke and send them on over to our moms. So Santa Cruz was fun. It was a tight knit, old school community, farming. It was a hippie town was starting to evolve back in that time frame. But mostly it was the good old boy network where we all knew each other. When you went to the store, you knew everyone there. Everyone would ask, hey, how's your mom? Or how's the kids? And it was fun. It was a small town. And that's what growing up in Santa Cruz is like. And it's not that way anymore, but it was as we were growing up. I get it. The, the piece that's really interesting, right? So I have my experience of jumping in to dumpsters or dumpster diving, pulling out <laughs> Wrigley gum and taking it to school and selling a pack here, selling a pack there. You know, it was rejects, right? And you remember clove gum? Like it was the... Yes, of course. <laughs> right. I loved kind of just hearing just a little bit about your upbringing. So you went to elementary school, junior high. Where did you go to high school? Santa Cruz High. So that's where you and I, our roads kind of split, right? Because I went to a rival harbor. I had gone to Mission Hill or Prison Hill. And then you went (laughs) off to Santa Cruz. Even though I lived right on California Street for much of my childhood, I then said, hey, I'm going to go back to harbor. What was high school like for you? Was it a party? Was it fun? Was it just to get a degree and get out of there? Ooh, high school was social. It was fun. It was a lot of fun and social. For me personally, not knowing back in the day that I had ADD and dyslexia, it was hard academically. I got good grades, but I just got by. It was never, oh, I thought I was going to go to college or I was prepping to go to college. It was just nobody ever encouraged me to go to college. I was there to just get out of high school. A lot of social, but it was also, I was quiet. I was shy. I might not have seemed like it. And people don't realize that I was really insecure in high school. Had I known what I know now, I would have worn a lot less clothes and I would have talked a hell of a lot more. <laughs> you talk so, about yeah. being in, like insecure. What was it now looking back when you said like, oh, if I knew what I knew, what was it that you think when you look back now, you know you would have done differently? It would have been trusting myself that I had the answers and that no one else had the answers. It was okay for them. Their answers were good for them, but I had an opinion and it mattered. And I was afraid to be wrong. So if I had the wrong answer or I didn't have it correct or I wasn't smart enough or I didn't have the look, it's like, who gives a crap? Now it doesn't matter. But back then it mattered. I think it still matters, especially on social media where everybody's trying to look good, right? To avoid looking bad, as I like to say. You talked about upbringing and community and connection and where you walk down the street and you're like, hey, Mrs. Robinson. Hi, Mr. Roberts. Hi, Miss Smith. You knew everybody and everybody knew you. What do you think has really changed in our society today where that, even just you, Santa Cruz, just the encompass of just the town of Santa Cruz, why that's so different today? What, what is your take? Ooh, I think people are too busy. There's a lot of, I'm too busy, but they're too busy doing the wrong thing. Whereas we didn't have social media back then. So connection was real connection and we honored being around each other. Where now, like you said, social media is a competitive place where you see it's raw, but it's also fake and made up most of the time. And you know who is being as authentic and you know who's only posting the best of the best, which we want to see. We want to see that, but we also need to know that there's a backstory behind that. 
I don't think there's any sincerity anymore. I don't think that there's true connection in the sense of face-to-face. It's missing. We're lacking that. And it makes us lonelier than ever and more competitive than ever. I think it also has caused a lot of depression in our society these days. A lot of people uh, play the comparison game. It's hard when you turn on late night television not to say like, oh, I wonder if I could do that or oh, that'd be so fun to be in that role. Like I was watching Jimmy Kimball and it was the Kardashians were on a stage and there was three of them and they didn't coordinate their outfits, but yet they all matched just perfect. And I'm like, that's not reality for the real people. That's kind of like fantasy. And that's like not what really happens. What happens is, is you're podcasting from the back of your brand new car. Congratulations, by the way. Yay. I'm rushing well, thank you. <laughs> one interview to the next trying to figure out how to juggle everything that I've got going on. And I'm leaving in the morning on a trip to try to go figure out how to close a deal. I mean, I don't want to use the word hustle that Gary uses. I just use hard work, determination, dedication, never going to give up. And you talked about that in your intro. And it talks about how to find support and how to help people today to know it's okay that it's not okay. We don't have to have all this shit figured out. We just have to be willing to keep moving forward. Do you remember looking back at your childhood, a moment that really defined who you were and really either A, shaped you to think differently or, or B, caused you to kind of filter things differently in your life? Well, a story that comes up when you ask that question, what I think back to is Mrs. Jones reading class at Mission Hill. I was put in Mrs. Jones reading class And at that moment, I classified myself as the dumb kid. Once that happened, I didn't ever think that I could get out of that stigma. Oh, now you're going into reading class. So that would be a pivotal moment of, had that not happened, I wonder if my confidence, I would have been just completely out of control because now being an adult, I have outgrown that. But what would have happened if I never had to go to reading class? Did she have blonde hair? Yes, she did. And the little glasses on the little beaded, (laughs) the little bead glass holder necklace. It was upstairs, just up the stairs. Turn right, take immediate right into that classroom, correct? Yeah. (laughs) She had a Howard the Duck poster in her room. Do you remember that? (laughs) How do you remember this? (laughs) Because I was the kid who literally was in special ed from as early as I can remember until basically I graduated high school because I just had a learning disability. And I remember, I got to go to this class. And I had the same kind of thoughts, right? Like, I'm not stupid. I just either A, I'm too advanced and I learn way differently than everybody else. But I remember sitting in that class thinking, I want to be across the way. And I forget the gentleman who was the teacher right across the way. He was awesome. And every time you walked into his class, he was trying to tell you how you could get to the next level. He was, he loved the Giants and Vita Blue and the A's. And he had a computer lab in his room. And, and like, those are the vivid memories that I have of my childhood. I always saw myself where I was at, but always had a vision for where I wanted to go. I always knew what was going to be there. I always just made it happen. And you talked about that again, like getting your new car, like you just knew it, that it was going to happen. And yes, hard work, dedication. 
So Mrs. Jones, you get out of that class, you're growing up, you're, you're living in Santa Cruz. Where'd you go off to college? I did not. I did not go to college. <laughs> so now you're going to hit my pain point. So went from Santa Cruz High to Cabrillo. Did Cabrillo for about a year. Got into mortgage. That was right when the huge economy boom started taking off. I was about 19. I was working at a savings and loans at the time. They asked me if I wanted to go out to Watsonville and be a mortgage loan officer. And I said, hell yeah. Mortgage loan officers at the time were making double of what doctors and lawyers were making that we were doing their loans for. Went straight into that and never looked back, never went back to school. But it is on my list because I want that piece of paper for myself again, to prove it to myself. I don't need it. My life would not change at all because of it. I just want it. (laughs) So you have two really big accolades in that share. Number one, you attended UCLA. That's University College located Aptos. And you also (laughs) have a PhD. Yep. A public high school diploma. Congratulations. (laughs) Yay, me. <laughs> I'm so awesome. Dang, I'm putting that on my resume. <laughs> Especially with all the college scandals these days, nobody's going to ask. <laughs> there you go. So family, tell me about your family, mom, dad, etc. Just tell me a little bit about kind of growing up. Yep, grew up West Side Santa Cruz to a teenage mom. She was 17 just before her 18th birthday. Dad was a migrant from Mexico, barely spoke English, had to translate for everybody when he spoke and they would ask, would he speak in English? And I'd say, yep. Three siblings. I'm the oldest of four. And yeah, father passed away of cancer at the age of 43. And one brother is bipolar schizophrenic. One sister is bipolar. And my little brother lives with me with his wife, his two-year-old baby. And a new baby about to be due. All right. So adjustment (laughs) is a big thing in your life, right? Just making adjustments, right? Like it's not like you pivot away. It's just like minor things that have happened. And then somehow you keep moving forward. What do you call that inside of you that helps you to keep moving forward? Faith, believing, knowing. For some odd reason, for me, it's always been easy. Just because I believe in higher power and God has always, always taken care of me. And there's been times where I've visualized being put in a place like he will literally lift me up and stick me where I want to be. And I'll just look up and go, this is weird, but okay, I'm going with it. And I just believe. And sometimes it's not good. Sometimes I want to resist it. And in that resistance is when I know I have work through it and there's a lesson for me. And so it's just been easy for me to accept the resistance and work through it for the lesson. The one thing that we got reconnected several years back, my sister still lives in Santa Cruz. You guys got connected and I think you interviewed my sister. That was awesome on your, your podcast and your show. But then you came out and supported her kind of desire to help bring awareness to Alzheimer's and dementia And then, you know, I hear your name get brought up. And then I think it was last year, I'm at an event in Scottsdale or Meltdown in the Desert for a good buddy of mine, Colby. And there you are. And I'm like, 
Monica, what are you doing here? Like, I don't know. Is this your arena? And you're like, yeah, I'm helping this girl and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And that's really where I think we picked up some traction. And I really started following along a little bit more closely is that just understanding you and and your desire to help women in your community. So I just today I want to honor you for your childhood, the diversification, all of the things, the setbacks, losing your father at 43 to cancer, dealing with obstacles, going through challenges, whatever it may be in marriage or life, and your little brother living with you and his family now joining you. And and you just have like a happy-go-lucky kind of let's get let's get it done personality. And I think that is something that I want to see more of in this world. And that was another great reason for me to showcase you and bring you on to the Be Fulfilled show is to help articulate that so that anybody listening can do it. That, that you're not unique or special. You just have this resilience and you said faith too, which I love inside of you that you know it's going to all be okay. Yeah. What I want to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Monica, we're going to make you cry because that's what I love to do. No, I'm just kidding. We're gonna, we're <laughs> I gonna know it's coming. Discover her and the whole process of how you can really help and promote women entrepreneurs and what you're doing in Santa Cruz to give back and all the, the things that you're tied to. I really want to just showcase you and put Santa Cruz back on the map and turn it from a negative in a lot of people's minds as like it's not the same to what would it be like if we kept moving forward, but we made better adjustments along the way and we just took better care of our people and we got back to those, hey, Mr. Roberts or hi, Mrs. Smith or hi, Mrs. Jones kinds of conversations in our community instead of driving so busy, head down, phone on, we can't stop to say hello. So Monica, when we come back, we're going to hear more from you right here on the Be Fulfilled podcast. We're going to take a quick break. And since Tony's taking one, let's take one together. Let's take a deep breath. Wherever you are, feel those ribs expand, that chest lift towards your chin. Let's do it now. That feels good, right? That's one of over 23,000 breaths you're going to take today. You don't even think about it, but you're focused on that one. That's life. That's rejuvenation. That's the moment right here. And thanks for doing that with me. We all matter. Those breaths matter. Let's remember them. And let's get back to the show. We are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. Today's special guest, Monica Kars from Santa Cruz, California. And kind of just getting started today on the show, you, you kind of said like you knew what you want and you were ready to go get it. And, and in your life, your desire is not financial, but I believe that financial is like oxygen, much needed to kind of survive in this day and age. Faith was a big thing that we talked about, talked about kind of diversity and growing up and feeling sometimes you were a good student but it wasn't really your thing maybe to keep going in education. And you, you, you took the, what I like to call the next caboose got attached to the train. The next thing I know, I ended up down the track doing something. I was like, whoa, I'm in mortgage. How did I get to mortgage? It doesn't matter. I'm making money, having fun. When did the mortgage caboose or when did that kind of like separate a little bit for you? That separated when I had my second daughter we were going through a huge boom again. It was like the 2002 era where it was green light loans. Anyone who was breathing could get a loan. And it got to the point where if someone were to call into the office, 
all 10 of us were working at 10 o'clock at night and no one wanted to answer it. They're like, we're not getting, I'm not getting it. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. So much business. And I burnt out. And then it got to the point where that flipped and went to an entire 500 page loan and no one was getting a loan. So it became so cutthroat and I decided I was way too nice for that business. I cried almost every day because it was so brutal and I decided to just say, F it, I'm out, done. Didn't look back. All right. What'd you do for work? I opened up a baby store, downtown Santa Cruz, because I wanted to. Uh, well, not a lot of people would decide to open a baby store. So how did it go for you? How many years was the shop open? It was only open for three years. The recession hit. They wanted to raise the rents. Nobody wanted to buy expensive boutique clothes when you could go to Target and buy it for a few dollars. Best thing I ever did. I would still do it again. Ah, let's talk about that for a moment. Starting do it. and stopping and wanting to start again. Kind of like, have you ever pulled like the lawnmower cord, right? You just know. If you just keep pulling it, it's going to start. You just, even if you flood it, you can smell it. You just think to yourself, I am going to figure this thing out. What led you kind of down the path that you're currently on? How did, how did you get to go be the founder of Discover Her? Where was that idea born from? Well, going to your lawnmower story, I have that. I love that feeling of when you pull that one more time and you and you hear that and you're just like, yes, I pulled it one more time instead of walking away. So after I closed the baby store, it was a crazy time in my life, going through a divorce, had two shops, three daughters. It was more than I could handle. I just, I couldn't, I just jumped ship and wasn't worried about it. It wasn't a failure. I thought of it as a success because I did it. I learned so much. And it was a part of my investment in myself, investment in education. What I learned from opening up that baby shop was what I could take into Discover Her. And at that moment, I wanted the business model that I really was thinking about was hire a mom because I wanted somebody to hold me in their arms, pat my head and just say, everything is going to be okay. And just to have that one older woman, older woman who is just going to be fine, you're going to be okay. And I go, what if we had hired a mom? Someone who just needed that every once in a while. They have cuddles, professional cuddlers. Why can't it be a professional mom, right? So I thought, okay, well, I'm on to something. I clearly need some support. And when I see success in others, we both have our own idea of success. But when I see the success of others, it's always the same people always highlighted the same people on stage, the same people who get to be in the local newspaper, the same people who are the speakers. Well, there are so many amazing people that just don't get to be that 1% of the popular kids up there. So I decided I wanted to change that. I wanted everyone to feel what it was like to be the popular kid. I wanted to be a cheerleader for those women who is an entrepreneur, but, oh, it's just, when they use the, oh, it's just a little business I do, or it's just a little jewelry. It's, hell no, it's not just. This is your passion, your dream. And you spend hours and hours of time to make this grow. I want to be the person to bring you out and tell people about it because that's my gift. That's where Discover Her came in. That's powerful. 
it's a movement, right? It's to change the trajectory of some of the kind of ideas. Like you said, the 1% stages. I mean, in my world, I wish I was on more stages. I, was, I wish I had more opportunities to speak at conventions and networking and masterminds, right? But who wants to talk to this guy, right? When you can go hire the, the, the guy to come in and tell you about a $150 million business that it's cool that he started and he took a scratch the lottery ticket and he hit it because that's not the story that everybody else hears. The story is like you and me, that's difficult. The market is difficult today. I'm working at a business for 18 years. How long has Discover Her been around? Well, it started under a different name, but it started about 2011. It's been a while. It's a long time in building. Somehow a podcast came out of it, a radio show at a real radio station? Oh, yeah, why not? So I started with a radio coach. I knew that that was the next thing. It was like, okay, podcast and book. So book is still in the works. It's there. But podcast is so what I do is I find someone, I find a coach who's doing the next step, who's doing that next piece that I want to learn. I hire a coach, then I start learning the lessons, figuring out how to do it. And I engage in the thing that I want to do to learn because I learn by doing. What's a challenge you face today in your life? Like the biggest business challenge you're facing? Oh, wanting it more than others want it for themselves. How do you think we fix that? We lead by example. And when they're ready, they will follow or they will ask. Or what happens if we just ask better questions? We could ask better questions. Because I, I literally had this conversation with my friend, Mike Murphy. He was today, by the way, just, I love how life works. We had this exact conversation and he was the very first person I ever had a chance to be on a show. So it's just kind of funny how life works, right? It was like, he was talking about kind of reinventing or necessarily looking. And I said, so what is it that you do? And we started, I went through my kind of strategy for kind of unpacking what you do. And he said, you know, like, I'm tired of teaching people around me to just wait for it to be done. And I don't know if that's in our society right now or not as a problem, instead of saying, hey, you want to come into the kitchen? Let's cook. You try, I try. Let's, let's collaborate. Let's fillet these things and figure out how we can do it better. Because by yourself, you're great, but together, you're so much better. And so it just, I think, comes from flipping the script And I think the challenge you face is the challenge that I think a lot of us face today. And it all goes back to the beginning of our conversation, attention. People don't give you their attention like they used to. They just don't. And so what do you get stuck with? You get somebody's half-ass kind of sometimes, sure, I'll do it, instead of their dedication, their heart, and what you're looking for. So what I want to just talk about is, where in Santa Cruz, because you know Santa Cruz is a phenomenal town. It's got its ups and downs just like any other place in America. But what are some things that you've been able to do to change the stigma and give women a platform to really grow? I don't pay attention to the bad. I know it's there, but I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to sit there and marinate and make myself angry about it because that's not doing something about it. So I do what I want and I create what the, I create the environment I want. And therefore it's an always a celebration. It's always a celebration. Every day should be a celebration. Every moment should be a celebration. And there are so many people to celebrate. So that's why we do this. So podcast is available at discoverher.life on iTunes. 
What's your goal? Kind of like something that you're working on for this year, kind of where you're at right now and kind of getting yourself to the next level. What are some things that you're working on? So some of the things I'm working on, the main one is to get the discoverher.life transition to discover her in Santa Cruz so that it can grow to discover her in anywhere in the world. What's something that you reflect on a lot that has helped you to get to where you're at today? That is just maybe it's an image of, of somebody you grew up. Maybe it's a, a quote. What's something that keeps you going? I know you got faith, but what else is there? It's something else. Something that keeps me going. I would have to go back to when I turned 43 and I said, every day that I live after this is going to be for myself and for my dad. And when I wake up, I have so much gratitude. Gratitude is so important for me. And on those days where even I have bad days, I get gratitude into my head and remind myself of all the things I'm so blessed and fortunate to have, even if that moment it is a banana to eat. <laughs> and I say a banana, I, mean, I don't know why banana, but Maybe all I have to eat is a banana and peanut butter. That food, I'm happy to have a banana and peanut butter. And I always have my walking shoes and I could go for a walk for exercise. So going to gratitude. You laugh, but it's that simple. Last night I was sitting and I said, wow, that commercial looks really tasty. Amber says, what? I said, they had Ritz crackers, little sliced bananas on peanut butter on Ritz crackers. And I'm like, <laughs> I want that. And then you just said that. So I totally just love this. Banana there's, sandwiches. There's no coincidences in this world, but I will say <laughs> through many wonderful opportunities and blessings, I've been able to know you, see who you are, how you helped, even my sister, even through kind of her transition in her life right now, just I think you were one of the first people that I kind of reached out to and I said, hey, this is what's going on. And you're like, sure. And our community, our society, our world needs more people who are willing to, to go help others and serve. And, and just reading your intro today from creating a platform to celebrate, promote women entrepreneurs, you create and help people to provide with accountability strategy and support to, to give people their best chance to be loved. I mean, I absolutely think, you know, you're talking about being a mother of and on all that you do to help other women, I just got to say thank you. I mean, I got to say it just because mm-hmm. it's awesome to watch you and see you in your element. And I've never done a podcast interview with somebody in the back of a car before. So I think there's a first <laughs> Oh, I do my radio show in the back of the car all the time. <laughs> I love it. I love it's it. nice and quiet and nobody bugs me. Oh, man, that is awesome. Uh, so, Monica, one last thing before we get into the fulfillment round. Question that maybe you came on the show wanting to cover today, but I just didn't get around to asking you, what would that be? Yes. Okay. So this is one thing that I was thinking about while listening to your podcast. I always think about, you know, how would I answer that question or if it would come up? And the thing that came up for me would be my reason why I do this and how it makes me feel when I get to encourage women who can share shame 
can share hardships, can be honored for the bad shit in their life. And we all package it up and make everything look so pretty and say, oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. Or not only save the bad stuff for their very close friends, but I try to let them know that it is so important to give that gift to other women so that they feel accepted. They can understand their shame and not feel alone in it because that's a lonely, scary place to be. Thank you, Monica. That that was perfect. No wonder we're podcasting today. I think we align in so many areas. So thank you very, very much for just being candid and sharing. And I think, I know I don't know how to deal with some of the shame, right? So what do I do? I bury it. And so you probably know what it's like when you have shame, what you used to do and what you do differently today. And thanks for being a guest today. Thanks for being transparent. Thanks for being willing to go for it. I think that's what I love is your spirit and your, and your kindness and your heart. And I love the fact that you're working at giving back into a community that really is asking and needing help and you're doing it. So thank you so much. And anybody listening today, we're going to throw in the show notes links so you can check out Monica you can visit and learn more about her movement and what she's up to. You can get subscribed to her podcast. I highly recommend it. If you heard any bit of today's show, you can hear this heart, this, this fiery person in there who just really wants to go out and, and to do an amazing job in the world. And she wants to go get that piece of paper that says she graduated college. <laughs> well, um, it'll sit next to the PhD now. Yeah, put that next to that PhD. <laughs> so let's take you into what I like to call the fulfillment round. All I need from you is I am ready. I'm ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning a friend, no using the Google machine, no digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicas. And I promise Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The fulfillment round brought to you by shipoffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right, Monica. So you grew up in Santa Cruz. And if you weren't living in Santa Cruz, where would you live? Ooh, where my next location is going to be, which would be in the Eastern Sierras on the Nevada side on 80 plus acres in the middle of nowhere. So you're going to go from the beach to nowhere. I like it. Yes. It's it's really good. Go back to high school or junior high. If you had to do it all over again, what would you rather go back to? Ooh, hmm. I'm going to say high school. I don't need to go back so far. And they invited you back as an honorary guest. And also they, they asked today, they needed a great sub. And they said, you know, Monica, you can, you can teach any class. What would you teach and why? How to fail because no one else does that. And we need to learn how to fail good because that's where the magic is. When you think of each one of your children that just kind of brings a sparkle to your eye, like tell me, tell me something about each one of them. Ooh, this is fun. So the oldest is the voice for everyone else. When someone doesn't want to do something or needs to be adult, then we will ask the voice. She's the mother hen and will take care of us. Organization, we know Christmas is going to be at her house because she'll have all the Christmas china and care about it with the pretty little pillows that say Christmas on them. (laughs) We've got the middle one, which is just completely wild child on a mission who just told me the other day, thanked me for giving her the love of money because so many people have shame over money and how important it is to love money. And a little entrepreneur and just 
such a huge heart and she just gets life. She gets people. Amazing. And then the little one is the magical, just absolutely magical. She can get along with anyone in any situation and has life skills beyond her years. Those are my little people. All right. I love it. Do you, you know, impact a lot of women and people in Santa Cruz in general? What's something that you've been honored with, like in the last five years that somebody's done for you that really kind of just made you smile and laugh and said, thank you. And maybe that's not something that you're used to. Well, the first thing I'm going to say, go with the first thing that came to mind. And I was honored with the Nexties Award here in Santa Cruz for entrepreneurs that go above and beyond. And I'm not going to lie. Recognition is fun. And it feels to me that my impact is doing something versus the, me doing it for myself. It validates that somebody is listening and I can reach out to someone. I like that very, very much. Congratulations on that award. That's uh, an incredible honor. Two more questions and we'll wrap up today. Favorite ride at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk? Oh, favorite ride. Oi, that's going to... How can you not pick the giant dipper? Come on. Santa Cruz has been getting some love in the movies lately. There's been two movies that... like I just watched Bumblebee and it featured like the boardwalk and hot dog on a stick. And then... I guess that new thriller, Us, was also filmed in Santa Cruz. Yeah, the kids went to see that. They said it was pretty scary, but I have yet, yet to see it. But yeah, it's an awesome place to film something. I like it. And your last question, best Mexican food in Santa Cruz. Oh, well, my mom doesn't live here anymore. So I'm going to say if I want Mexican food, it's going to be a burrito from the Palomar Taco Bar. Wow. Not what I would have guessed, but congratulations. (laughs) You made it through the fulfillment round. You made it through the Be Fulfilled podcast. You made it through just ups and downs of what I call life, technical difficulties here and there to just be a guest. And thank you so very much. I'm honored. Such a fun afternoon just to catch up with you and and really just see you in your genius and see you who you are and that there's that little fire inside of you that's not going to give up. And I think that's the vivid kind of picture I've got today is like Monica Karst is the person who, no matter what you give her, is going to pull the cord one more time, no matter what, because she knows on the other end of that is the next opportunity to do it again. And she loves repetition. Oh, yes. And thank you. It is an honor to be here. And I've been watching you and just every time I see you on there, anywhere, on the website, on your podcast, online, it makes me smile just because you inspire me every single day. And you're just such a unique, genuine, real person that's not afraid to share secrets. So I appreciate you immensely. You've been above and beyond so many times at a moment where I was just like, oh, what am I doing and how do I do this? You have sparked into my mind multiple times, Tony G. So thank you. Uh, Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you very, very much. All right. So we're going to wrap up. That's Monica Karst. We're going to put all of her details and information in the show notes. So just visit TonyGrubmeyer.com for more details. My name is Tony. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you have to choose to make this moment right here, this day, the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? 
Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.